The infection comes as a fever in the night. If you take ill, watch the veins, the tributary of blood traveling down the arms. If they remain as they ever did, you have nothing to fear. If the blood darkens to an inky black, the infection has taken hold. The infection comes as a fever in the night. I was nine the first time the physicians came to the house. My uncle and his men were away. My cousin Ione and her brothers played loudly in the kitchen, and my aunt did not hear the pounding at the door until the first man in white robes was already in the parlor. She did not have time to hide me. I was asleep, resting like a cat in the window. When she shook me awake, her voice was thick with fear. Go to the wood, she whispered, unlatching the window and gently pushing me through the casement to the ground below. I did not fall onto warm summer grass. My head struck stone and I blinked, dizzy nausea casting dark shapes across my vision, my head haloed in red, sticky warmth. I heard them in the house, their steps heavy with sinister intent. Get up, called the voice in my head. Get up, Elspeth. I pulled myself to a rickety stance, desperate for the tree line just beyond the garden. Mist enveloped me, and even though I did not have my charm in my pocket, I ran toward the trees. But the pain in my head was too great. I fell again, blood seeping down my neck. They're going to catch me! I cried, my mind lost to fear. They're going to kill me. No one's going to hurt you, child, he snarled. Now get up. I tried, fiercely I tried, but the damage to my head was too great, and after five desperate steps, the edge of the wood so close I could smell it, I fell onto the dirt in a cold, lifeless faint. I know now what happened next was not a dream. It couldn't have been. People don't dream when they faint. I didn't dream at all, but I don't know what else to call it. In the dream, the mist seeped into me, thick and dark. I was in my aunt's garden, just as I had been a moment ago. I could see and hear, smell the air, feel the dirt beneath my head, but I was frozen, unable to move. Help! I cried, my voice tiny. Help me! Footsteps sounded in my mind, heavy and urgent. Tears slid down my cheeks. I winced, but could not see, my vision blurry, like trying to see beneath seawater. A sharp, angry pain ripped through my arms, my veins suddenly black as ink. I screamed. I screamed until the world around me disappeared, my vision tunneling until everything had gone dark. I woke under an alder tree, shielded by the mist and deep greenery of the wood. The pain in my veins was gone. Somehow my head split open. I'd managed to make it to the tree line. I'd escaped the physicians. I was going to live. My lungs swelled and I let loose a happy sob, my mind still fighting the ebb of panic that had threatened to overcome me. It wasn't until I sat up that I felt the pain in my hands. I looked down. My palms were scratched and tattered, blood soaking my fingers where my nails, now embedded with soil, had broken. Around me, the earth was upturned, the grass disturbed. Something or someone had flattened it. 
Something or someone had helped me crawl to safety through the mist. He never told me how he'd moved my body, how he'd managed to save me that day. It remains one of his many secrets, unspoken, resting listlessly in the darkness we shepherd. Still, it was the first time I stopped fearing the nightmare. The voice in my head, the creature with strange yellow eyes and an eerie smooth voice. Eleven years later, and I don't fear him at all. Even if I should.